Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the show. It's episode 338. It's October 10th, 2022. And I am joined by 149-pound, three-time All-American, he's an Ohio State Buckeye, Sammy Sasso. Sammy, welcome today. Thanks for joining us, man. How's everything in, uh, in Buckeye Nation? Yo, what's up, Bader? How you doing? Uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, things are good in Columbus. Uh, gorgeous weather today. Absolutely. I love coming out there every time. Every time I get a chance, it's always a fun time to visit you guys. Um, so I guess today, today's officially the first day of practice. The, the official practice season has started. Preseason, I don't know. I, I assume different teams do preseason a different way, but there's, there's time to, to train as a team um, in September, October. I don't know the exact dates, but you just finished up last week probably. What does an Ohio State preseason look like in 2022? Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was tough. Um, we only wrestled three times a week. We were wrestling uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then um, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, we were lifting. And then uh, Monday and Friday morning, we were doing some sort of run or a bike. Okay. Out of all the things you did in preseason, what's either your maybe not your least favorite, but what what, what was the most physically grueling or mentally? Um, just going long goes in the room, like uh, like a twenty minute go with Karsla. Um, he's tough and he's heavy too, so you gotta you gotta spend the energy to score points. And uh, yeah, it's just tough. You know, you just gotta keep pushing through though. Okay, you're going long goes with Carson Karchla. How's that go? Because he's he's a decent amount bigger than you, right? Yeah, yeah, Carson. Um, he gets he gets the better of me, um, going percentage wise. But uh, you know, he he's just a good guy to have in the room. Like he's slick. Uh, he, he's he's gonna fight you for everything. So just having him in the room, he, I know he's a little bit heavy, but uh, you know, he's got a great flow too. So when I can drill with him and spar with him. But then when it's time to go live, you know, uh, he's gonna he's gonna bring the hips. Sure, <laughs> bring the hips. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, he's heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy hips are good. It's a good feel to have. Um, as far as like, so you you do lifting, lifting, and the running, and then the wrestling three days a week. And you mentioned right, we'll drill, spar, and then we'll go live. Like, what's your favorite type? If you're just gonna go in the room and go with somebody, whether it's structured or not, what's your favorite type? of training, whether it is drilling or sparring or, or live or like the spectrum of, of anywhere in between. Yeah. Um, definitely. I love, I love sparring and play wrestling. Um, in my high school, that was, we were, we were big on that. Um, my coach, Dave Kroll, he was, uh, he was, he was real big on that. So we did that a lot. And then for the live wrestling, I would say matches are my favorite. You know, because that's that simulation. Um, when you hear the coach say, um, we're going matches, you know, you know it's go time. You're keeping score and uh you want you wanna get a partner in the room that's gonna push you and uh that you're gonna have to work hard to go get go get a win. And uh even though it's practice, you know, you still um you treat it like it's real. For sure. Um to, to the to the sparring and play wrestling, right? I think it's I think it's really important, and it's not something that was really done much or emphasized when I was in school, and I don't definitely not before. Maybe some people on their own, but not like you hear about it a lot now. 
And you guys were doing it in high school, which I think is probably one of the reasons you came into college so ready is because you, you were at that kind of higher level. When did you maybe learn how to, to spar and play wrestle? Because it's not an easy concept. When, when, when you're younger, you just want to wrestle and win or drill and let you fall, not fall over, right? But let your, but where did you learn how to kind of do that in between? Yeah. So like you said it, when, when you're a kid, um, you know, so sometimes you're eager. You want to, you want to wrestle, uh, like lives, your favorite part of practice. And, uh, you got a lot of energy when you're younger. So sometimes the drilling can get boring. And, uh, I think when I was younger, I definitely was like getting creative in the drills just cause you get a little bored drilling the same thing over and over again. So then, you know, you start sitting in the corner, locking in the crotch when the guy's shooting a high crotch, just giving them different feels. And then when I started practicing with the high school team, uh, my eighth grade year, that's when Coach Cole, he was doing the sparring a lot and the play wrestling. So that's when I really got a, you know, got a hand for it. Sure. But you were almost doing it on your own before it was taught to you because of, you could say boredom. Maybe that's the word. Just, just wanting more. But you yeah. were kind of sparring before yeah. high school, before it was really taught to you? Kind of. Just because you know, like, um, although you want the shot to be perfect and, you know, you take a high crotch, head up, chest up, back straight, drive through, cut double, that's what you want it to look like every time. But you know in the back of your head, even as a little kid, that's not how it's going to go. Right. People are going to fight. They're going to do whatever they can to not get taken down. So, you know you have to implement that into your, into your drill a little bit and, uh, you know, be a good partner and make your, make your boy feel that. Yeah. And to the point where you said, you know, yeah, maybe sometimes I would sit the corner and lock the crotch. This is like classic Sasso, right? Like this is where you're really good. Where, you know, and that's not traditional either, although maybe, maybe in Nazareth or a wrestling rich community, that is more traditional than I would think. Like when did you start to learn some of these outside the box or, or less traditional moves that are either in today in college are a staple? Yeah. When, when I started wrestling, my elementary coach, he was like all basics. So that's kind of what, what I stuck to and what I did. But, you know, when I was getting to better guys, they were hanging on to my leg and just, you know, bellying out. And I'm trying to, get around, get around, and I can't score. And I'm just like, keep getting stalemates here when a guy's hanging on to my leg and I can't break his lock. So then I kind of just started hitting that cradle there where if he bellied out, I kind of put my head in the side, had my hand on the chin, and started locking up that cradle. And then kids just, uh, they were just hanging on to my leg for however long, you know, and then I would just slap that cradle on. And I started doing that about fifth, sixth grade. And that's when I started to, like, you know, find my own style and dance my groove and, you know, build more confidence. Um, so definitely when I was, like, yeah, fifth, sixth grade, I started hitting that cradle. And then it just kind of started evolving from there. So, like, your coaching youth was real basic, but the guys was hanging out and sitting on you, like, you start locking up a cradle. Was it something that one day you just, like, did you see it once somewhere when you were watching a high school or, or older? Or did somebody actually teach it to you? Or did you just like, oh, look at this, head, knee, and go? Yeah. No, it was basically like overthinking it. And, uh, you know, I had just lost enough matches in this position, you know, 2-1 or 2 nothing, 
And uh, there, there was one time where there was like 30 seconds left and um, I knew I needed to score. And it was just like, you got to find a way to, to get this done. And uh, he just kept hanging on to my leg because he didn't want to give up the go behind. But he just, his head kind of just walked right to his knee. And then my, my mom and dad like videotaped it on uh, like one of those hand handheld yeah. recorders, you know. And uh, I just rewatched it, and I was like, you know, that's that's pretty good. You can you can start doing this against these guys that are stronger than you, and you can't break the lock on the leg. So that was the first time you did it. You just it, it was because you just try anything at the, at the last second, and it worked. Yeah, yeah, I needed to score. I needed to score in the third. <laughs> that's wild because it's like a yeah, it's a popular technique these days, and one that you're clearly good yeah. at. What do you yeah. think? Do you remember? You remember like I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It was a DVD or a tape or something. But popping it in and watching it, and like like when you watched that video, you're like, "Oh, that's what I did." Or did you know what you had done? Yeah, I had known what I had done, but I wanted to see it back. And then um, maybe like a year and a half later, my dad uh, got a flow account. Um, and then he found a series with Ben Askren and Max Askren and uh, he started watching that and he was like this is going to be good for you Um, you can do a lot of these moves so uh, me and him kind of started watching that and he had never my dad never wrestled before but he was you know he's he's still a student of sport and he watches flow like that so he knew that that would work for me the cradle stuff and you know, kind of that funky stuff that Ashcroft was doing. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's that's a cool uh, genesis to to how you started hitting this. Um, to your dad, right? You you said he never wrestled, but he like presented you with the this this well flow and his and his techniques. How involved was he from a youth level or high school or, or even today? Because you said he's a student of the sport and he's still maybe looking at techniques, trying to like. Did he still show you anything? Yeah, point you know, direction. that's my dad. Yeah, right. You don't need to, you didn't have to wrestle to, you know, watch certain things and watch tendencies. So my dad's good at that. And, you know, he knew, he knew how bad I wanted it when I was younger. So he stayed on me. And uh, although he didn't teach me many moves, he was a good motivator. And he was a good football coach too. So, you know, he knew how to make me work hard and, uh, get on me when I needed it. And, uh, you know, so he's definitely helped me a lot. And just, you know, he, he, he's he been watching me my whole life. So when when things are happening out on the mat, he, he picks them up pretty easy. Sure. Okay. Um, kind, of, kind of back to the season a little bit, right? We just finished preseason. And, again, you can only speak for Austin, but what what is uh, season or even like the October month of October? Because I'm sure – you're training differently in, in February and, and everything else. But what, what does, like, October look like? It's still kind of preseason because you're not training, but because you're not competing. But you can be in there every day. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what are practices going to look like for the next month? Yeah, so uh, um, we'll practice six times a week, um, Monday through Saturday. And then um, our, our mornings are pretty much open. Um for, for this month of October and, you know, you can just link up with a coach and grab a partner 
uh, set your time in the morning, and then you're going to come in and uh, work with one of the coaches on something that you need. And, uh, you know, Steve and Jaggers, they're always there. So even if I don't text them and I show up at 9 o'clock, you know, I know they're going to be hanging out, sitting on the mat, helping somebody or just chilling or eating breakfast, whatever. You know, I know, I know they're going to be there to help me. So, uh, you know, that's, that's always convenient because they just they spend a lot of time there. I would spend a lot of time there too. <laughs> that's like, it's yeah. like, I, I, I don't know if you guys, I remember, I remember Tom Ryan saying when, when you had that old place, what was the name of the Steelwood? Is that right? Steelwood. Yeah. Steelwood. You yeah. shared it with like gymnastics and maybe something else. And he was like, the, you know, yeah, yeah, the size of the room, the, the room, this room being small kind of sucks. But he's like, the, the thing I don't like is that we don't have a place to just hang. The guys want to come early or stay late. There's there's no like common area where they can just chill. Do you guys get to spend? You know, do you finish class and just come hang in the locker room, or or just show up like you said at whenever at random times and just hang out? Cavelli Center. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, there's definitely. There's always going to be someone there. Uh, you know, it's rare that you show up and and uh, one of your teammates isn't there working out or getting something done. Um, so yeah, a bunch of guys will come early, uh, you know, they'll be in the training room, but kids need rides. So they just, they just come with when, whenever they can get there, they get there 45 minutes early. And then, you know, we all just talk and, you know, just team bond and type deal. And it's nice. You can sit on the couch and relax before practice. Yeah. You guys ever get in there? I, I've seen you play like handball. Some teams do spike ball. Some like you guys have like a go to where you guys hit it up for practice. <laughs> yeah, handball is the go to, and uh, yeah, it's intense. Um, yeah, my team usually wins, so they always get mad at me because my team is usually winning. Come on now, you're just saying that. Nah, nah. Yeah, we've been running. We've been running like the same teams for the past uh, couple weeks because Tom, uh, Coach Tom Ryan was on our team. So we kept winning. So he's like, same team, same team. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we've just, been, we've just been running the same team. So it's been, uh, it's been getting chippy for sure the past couple weeks. Who's on your team besides – how many on a team and who's – tell me your team. Yeah, it's about seven on a team. And then it's me. Decatur, um, Coach Ryan, Orndorff, Tate Orndorff, um, Buzakis, and we got one more. Uh, let's get Braxton Appello. He's a freshman who just got here. You, so, yeah, solid team. You guys don't win because you get the lead and then Coach Ryan blows the whistle and says time, do you? Because that, that was a trick my coach nah, used to nah, do. Nah, like, nah. Nah, we play strict clock, strict clock, seven minutes. Seven minute game? Or half? Seven minute game, yeah. Seven minute game. And nah, seven minute game. And then you play two games. Two out of three? So. Basically? Yeah, so there's four teams. Nah, four teams. And oh, round robin. play on two courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So winner, winner plays winner, loser plays loser. Oh, oh, semis and finals. Got it. First yeah, place yeah, match, yeah, third yeah. place yep. match. All right, yep. all right, okay. <laughs> I have to see the team standings here at the end of the year. See if see if you guys are still out in front. Um, so as far as like 
the season coming up. I know Michigan State Open is on your schedule. Maybe some guys, maybe all of them go. Are you going to compete at the Michigan State Open, or do you know when your first competition will be for you specifically? Yeah, I'll be competing at uh, the Michigan State Open. And uh, so we got wrestle-off uh, the 27th of this month, and and then we got the Michigan State Open after that. Okay. And this is your fourth – or is this your fifth year of college, fourth year of varsity? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, fourth year of varsity, fifth year of college. Yeah. So how is the adjustment – you know, I don't know. I'm thinking about when people come in, you're like – Coming in as a freshman, going through preseason and getting into where you are now, right? How did you feel? Um, I'm sure even if preseason was as hard or harder this year, it's probably easier like to handle. A freshman coming in and doing all that work might be a little overwhelmed. How did you feel at the end of preseason as a freshman, um, where you were, and just, I guess, how it was, the adjustment to college life and uh, another level compared to probably today? Yeah. Um, so when I was a freshman, you know, I was still um, getting beat by McKenna um, and Steber at the time. So in the room, you know, I got guys that are beating me. And then I had Michael Jordan, and, and we would go at it, me and him. Uh, but I just had some guys in the room that were better than me. So I was in a different position. You know, you're fighting to – to get those guys. And now I got guys like Mendez, Buzakis, you know, trying to get me. And I got to stay on them and put the beat down on them. And, uh, but it's good. You know, it reminds me of when I was, when I was going through that. And, you know, some of the, some of the struggles that I had, because, you know, you wrestling Steve or McKenna. Um, <laughs> and when I, when I got there in, in the summer, they were, they were both training for final legs. So they weren't really wrestling each other. So I just got thrown into the wolves and I was going with Steve and McKenna and it was tough, you know, but I learned a lot from that. So, and it's still, you know, fresh in my memory. So it's easy to, you know, try to help Mendez, Buzakis and these, these incoming guys and, and some of the positions they might be, might be struggling with. (laughs) You got, yeah. uh, Steve and, and McKenna were getting ready to wrestle each other. And they're your weight, so you're their partner. What an awful experience and probably awesome experience at the same time because maybe you're getting the crap kicked out of you. But, like, you're, tra- you're wrestling with – at that point, they were one and two because that's one and two wrestle at Final X. What do you, what do you remember yeah. the struggles and what do you remember, like, the benefits about that? Or was it hard to see the benefits at the time because maybe, maybe you're getting your ass kicked every day? No, yeah. You're definitely, you're definitely getting smoked, right? But um, – <laughs> You know, you got to keep making everything hard. So, like, the once you start giving stuff up easy, um, you're just, like, far, falling further away from the takedown, you know. But you make everything hard, everything's tough, and then you might catch them slipping one time. And you made everything uh, – you didn't give up no easy takedowns, and then you catch them slipping on a scramble, and you finally get a takedown of your own. And then you start building confidence off of that. And, you know, you're getting – you're giving up less points and, and, and things like that, and you're stealing takedowns here and there. Um, but you got to keep fighting for it, you know. And uh, that's definitely what I remember was just just kept pushing and pushing and fighting. And then um, eventually, you know, a few few weeks go by, a few months go by, and then you're, you're where you want to be. You're, you're 
competitive in a lot of spots and you're you're better in the hand fight now you're better in the leg defense you you, you get into your attacks so um yeah it, it it was tough in the moment but it teaches you so much yeah do you remember any advice you took from maybe uh steve or mckenna and are you to the, are you like the, the, in that role now where maybe you're giving uh, Buzakas Mendez whoever some of these guys advice whether it's advice on technical advice or like hey I know I beat the crap out of you today but keep your head up you know kind of thing. Yeah, um, you know you can beat somebody up and still get really tired, yeah. like, and then you can beat somebody up but they didn't make it hard, so you didn't have to spend as much energy. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, yeah, you know when someone fought you as hard as they can with everything they got. Um, so, you know, as long as you're doing that, you if someone's that much better than you or weighs this much more than you, you might not get them. You might not be beating them at that point. But what really matters is, you know, how much work you're putting in and the effort that you're giving to go get a takedown on your own and not give up the takedown and not go to your back. You like the effort these young guys are putting in? I mean, you guys took in this, you mentioned two of the guys and Feldman and, and others, like one of the top recruiting classes, I mean, and who knows how long. Um, how how are these guys coming along? Yeah, they're adapting real well. And uh, they all get along, you know, um, and they just they just fit in good with the team. And, and they just also brought a good energy into the room. Um, when you got young guys coming in that are hungry and are fighting you tooth and nail, you know, as a upperclassman, you know, I'm going to naturally kick up and, and just, you know, I don't want to be outworked by these young guys. You know, I'm not going to let them come into here and outwork me. So I'm trying to, you know, put it on them and just keep working hard. And, um, but, it just, yeah, it's good to have the man. Mendez, he always chirping with me. Feldman, he tries to chirp at me. Uh, he's not too good at trash talking, but <laughs> he's a good kid. And, uh, you know, Geog, Shoemate, uh, all these guys, they uh, they mean well. and They're just good kids. So, you know, we're on the right path in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> Feldman tries to chirp, but he's not good at trash talking. <laughs> he's like, he's like just a really nice young man. And I, yeah, I can't see him like... <laughs> He's gonna have to sharpen that that trash talking axe a little bit, probably. I'm sure he's, he's, he's nice. He, he'll club you to death, probably. But yeah, the, the trash talking community. Yeah, he, he's a step <laughs> up. All right, cool. Um, okay, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, three time three time All American, and and you're a runner up. Uh, Nico, I'm gonna pull up this video. You're a runner up in 2021. Um, First, I want to ask, and I want to watch this NCAA final. We have about a two-minute highlight, and it's the scoring highlights. Um, but tell me about wrestling in 2021 with not no, but practically no fans, very limited, um, and what that was like, this giant arena. You know it's on TV, but maybe it – and you know the gravity of it, but it, there's, the atmosphere is not there. Um, and I guess as, uh, before that, have you been to the NCAAs uh, as as a spectator prior to, because the year before it was canceled, right? And the year before you were a red shirt, I think. So had you had you gone and visited or, or attended the NCAs prior to wrestling at it? Yeah, so I went one time when I was in high school when it was at Madison Square Garden, 
And then I went my registered year because it was in Pittsburgh. Right. So it wasn't bad driving from Columbus. And uh, a couple of us freshmen drove down. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, got canceled 2020. But, uh, yeah, you know, competing here, you almost forget that there's no fans. Because um, at this point, that was the norm. So, you know, I wrestled enough to where, like, okay. it wasn't weird anymore. And it was just what it was. I guess I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, your big ten. There was no big tens. There's no probably any duels, and that's life was weird. Life was freaking weird yeah, for that, two that, years, that. man. It was so yeah, weird definitely. that it was normal. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, we, we can, we're going to let this roll. So it was a zero-zero first period. Nico, whenever you're ready, and this is the start of the second. You can kind of talk us through this, or we can watch it, or tell us anything you might be thinking. Yeah. So I think I wrote him out for a little bit, and then he did a good job sealing off there and getting that. Um, oh, yeah, you had a minute. Right? Yeah, this well, – yeah. This is the start of the third. Um, yeah, I was out quick. And that almost hurt me there, getting out with the riding time because I tried to hold on to the lead, you know, and wrestling defensive when I should have stayed on my offense. And then here's a tough position. Just didn't know where to go with it. Yeah. I tried, yeah. You tried what? Uh, we'll let this play. Yeah, and then here yeah, you just gotta, you gotta finish clean. surprised that you're able to pull yourself back up. It looked like you were too extended. Yeah, we can, we can, uh, I can talk about that in a bit. Sure. And then, yeah, tough spot, tough spot there. Obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, but what? Go ahead. So, yeah, that, that position I was in, um, and I think right here, I think I should have just stuck with the with the foot. I kind of tried to build up because I didn't have his knee collected. Uh-huh. But uh, he was on his butt. I think if I would have just planted the foot on the mat and held it there, I could have got it. But I start to build up right here, and he sits that corner on me yeah. and gets his knee on the outside of my elbow, which was a nice move. Um, so, yeah, you just got to finish clean. Especially in crunch time, can't leave it up in uh, in the ref's hands. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that that shot that I that shot that I took, you know, um, like you said, I was real extended. Uh, it wasn't even the best shot, but um, I learned that from Bobby Weaver back in the day. You know, um, bowing my back and pulling the leg in. So you know, advice to future guys in the finals. Uh, you know, you're up on one point right in time, you know, stick to what works, um, stick to your offense. And, uh, you know, you keep shooting and doing what was working uh, to get you that lead. Sure. Had you, have you watched this um, once, multiple times? Some guys, maybe every, you know, I don't know if you watch it every day, but some guys obsess over that kind yeah. of stuff. No, yeah, I watched it plenty of times. But, uh, you know, things like that, you got to um, – you got to put behind you because you got to grow as a person and, uh, you know, everything happened for a reason. So you got to just, uh, 
keep on, keep on keeping on, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so now looking at the past now, and now looking forward, um, the All-Star Duel, right? The NWCA All-Star Duel, November 22nd, right here, actually, in this in this building here in Austin. You're wrestling, no pun intended, Austin Gomez. Um, first of all, what do you, you know, did you watch the All-Star growing up? Do you do you remember it when you were younger? It obviously hasn't, it, it went away for a few years, but it, it, it was a really big deal, you know, uh, when I was in, in school and even prior. Uh, but do you remember this this from recent years or, or years in the past? Yeah, I definitely remember hearing about it and uh, just like seeing results and stuff. Um, I don't ever recall watching it live, but, uh, you know, I knew it was a big thing getting invited to that. Um, it, it's a, it's a cool honor. Yeah. Why did you want to, why did you want to do it? Cause some guys might say, um, hey, it's too early and an extra match and no thanks. Yeah, no, um, I always want to compete and I always, I always, I just enjoy wrestling. So if I got opportunity to go scrap, um, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, I get to get a guy that beat me twice last year. So, you know, of course I'm going to, Wrestle. Even just watching that that Austin O'Connor match with you, I can tell you, you think you you were you know you you wanted to say something a couple of times. I could tell you had broken down these positions and looked at it and thought about it. What are your thoughts on on past matches, your past matches with with Gomez, and maybe where the difference was? Yeah, just you know thinking too much, you know overthinking in wrestling uh, that will kill you. And just like worrying about what someone else is going to do, um, that's not that's not going to bring out the best version of you. That's not going to bring out your best wrestling. So I think that's what I was doing, um, not just in the Gomez match, but at the end of towards the end of the season last year, just uh, you know overthinking stuff and and not not wrestling free like I know how to. So uh, you know that's just. That's just what I want to do. I'm excited to compete for, for the season, but, you know, just letting it be free and, and letting it fly and doing what I do best. And and when you say overthinking, is this like, okay, I'm going to wrestle this guy and overthinking it then? Or is it like whistle blows and, and you're thinking too much, like, in those seven minutes? No, not that. Just like, second guessing on a shot or just a move wondering if it if it'll work you know you you there you ain't got no time to to wonder if it's gonna work if if you're gonna do something you gotta sling it 100 percent. and if it don't work it don't work recover and then go to the next thing and if that don't work you recover you keep stringing things together it's not just gonna be one one move's gonna get it done especially against the best guys so i think i've definitely done a better job of that this offseason just putting things together, one thing to the next, the next, the next, and creating scrambles with guys, you know, putting them in positions where, where I'm best. Is there like an element of like, watch those matches with, with Gomez and, and, and pick out areas that, that made the difference in the match? Or is it more the, the, the mentality or, or the, what you said, like overthinking it or, or second guessing myself? Yeah. Yeah. I know enough moves, you know, I'm never going to lose because I didn't, know a move or one position lost me the match, I'm going to lose because I didn't do enough. I didn't create enough positions. You know, if I lose two positions, then 
you know, getting the five more. And I'm confident I'm, I'm going to come out winning four out of five of those, you know. But that's just what has to be done, not leaving it up to one, two, three positions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we mentioned Gomez, obviously 149 as of right now. It's it's Yanni, the top dog. He's he's trying to win his fourth title, and I'm sure your like plan is like derail that. And maybe you're not trying to make history by stopping it, but you got to stop him to, to get what you want. Um, is that something you've thought about, you know? I mean, maybe stopping history is part of – part of it or maybe it's just your path yeah you know um Yanni's tough he's good at wrestling and uh um he's beating me a good amount of times right now but uh you know I'm so confident I've never wrestled him and thought I was gonna lose um so I just gotta stay on the course that I am um pick up a little bit when it when it's time and um you know then execute and, and and wrestle my match and and go out and perform. Yeah, and um, just traveling a little bit this summer and you know practicing with certain people, um, definitely just boosted my confidence a little bit. And uh, you know, so I know I'm doing the right things. And I I got Steve with me. I got Jaggers with me. Um, you know, helping me along the way. Yeah, and I I, I you know I've I've shown up at Cavelli and I see Steve in there working with. Whoever this guy or that guy and Jaggers, I know Jaggers is a little older than Steve. But does does Logan like still strap it up and and throw down, or is he more like just kind of coach from the side? Oh yeah, he'll he'll put he'll um put his wrestling shoes on, come come and wrestle, and he he's still tough. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, um, okay, getting winding down here a little bit, but um. The whole fifth year, right? The COVID and this and that. You you know, this is your fourth year of eligibility, but there's a free year. Have you given thought to whether or not you'll take it next year, or is that just let this season finish out and then make that decision afterwards? Um, yeah, I'm probably going to take it, you know. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to take it. Okay, awesome. And then, And then before we close out, we got a little game. Kyle Klingman usually likes to to throw a bunch of questions at our guests and give him some curveballs and try to we call sweat it out because it's five questions trying to make you sweat. Um, these were written by Klingman, but I got the list here. I'm gonna put on my spectacles to help me read them. But uh, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Um, what former Ohio State head football coach was a three time? What former interim Ohio State head football coach was a three time state champion wrestler? Um, for St. Francis DeSalle High School. Um, it's the Cincinnati coach. What's his name? I only have the answer. I don't know where he's from, but I believe you. I can't think of his name. Uh, but I want to say it's the Cincinnati coach. It's Luke Fickle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it? Yeah, he- which is a uh, football at University of Cincinnati, yeah. Okay. Um, number two, what famous escape artist and magician was born in Budapest, Hungary, and died in Detroit, Michigan? Uh, uh Harry Houdini, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure the why that Harry question Houdini. fits. 
Yeah. <laughs> Eat their some oddballs in there. I get I get a couple of the next ones. So what famous Ohio yeah, State that was that was a wild one. That you just pulled that one out of nowhere. Uh what Ohio State wrestler <laughs> defeated Steve Mako in the two thousand two NCA tournament finals. Uh Tommy Rollins. There we go. We're on the winning track now. Oh, a famous yeah. indie car driver immigrated from Italy to Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Indy car driver came to Nazareth, Pennsylvania yeah. from Italy. Famous guy. Uh, and yeah, and Jenny. All right, here we go. We're on a roll. And number five, yeah. name the actor who was a Jedi Knight in the Star Wars prequel and was hired was a hired assassin in the movie Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, you got this one. Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Boom. All right. Yeah. Slow start. You got to take it down yeah. to the first, but you got to take down, <laughs> escape, and reversal, and you won. <laughs> By the end, man. Um, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna kind of take us to the end and wrap things up. Um, but I'm gonna give you, give you the last word, kind of let you say, plug yourself, talk about whatever you want to talk about, shout out, tell us a joke. You got any good jokes? Yeah. Um, nah, no good jokes. Just uh, you know, um, thankful for for my folks, my parents, my family. Um, my team here at Ohio State, all my coaches. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for this season with the Buckeyes. Um, we got a lot of good incoming freshmen, and we didn't lose anybody last year. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a down year last year. So, uh, I'm just excited for the season, you know. we, uh, Yeah, it's going to be exciting. All right. Well, awesome, Sammy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, super excited for your season. And, of course, coming down here on, on November 22nd for the All-Star. And uh, – Keep beating up those freshmen, but, you know, keep making them work. <laughs> yep, of course. All right. Thanks, thanks man. Later. Yep, have a great day. We'll see you. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's show. Had a joy talking with Sammy Sasso, and we will be back tomorrow with Nate Carr Jr. So thanks for seeing you. <laughs> thanks for jumping in. See you next time.